0: You're listening to Penguin, live at the London Palladium, showcasing some of the wonderful, diverse voices from across the Penguin Random House group. Discovering new voices is an essential part of Penguin Random House, and Charlene Alcott is one of those new voices. As the first alumnus of Penguin's Right Now mentoring programme, Charlene's debut novel, The Reinvention of Martha Ross, will be published later this year.
1: I love writing. I can get lost in a shopping list. I've always dabbled in creative writing. As a kid, I wrote stories for my friends. Age 10, I authored a picture book and received a polite but firm rejection from a publishers. I've taken a few courses over the years and started a blog, but I never entertained the thought of writing novels because I'd seen author photos on the inside of books, and those people never seemed to look like me. I'd read the bios, and they didn't describe people who came from where I'm from. So what's the point? Sometimes you need someone or something to slap you around the face and show you the truth of what you can be. And that's what Right Now did for me. I was at one of the lowest points of my life. Recently divorced, terrified about my future. And I wrote the story of Martha, a black single mother, dealing with a separation, because I thought maybe I could give her the happy ending I didn't know if I could have for myself. When I applied, I thought, maybe I've got something to say. I didn't think much further than that. I didn't think a few weeks later, I would find myself amongst the finalists at the head offices of Penguin Random House, thinking, girl, you do not belong here. (laughs) Every time someone spoke to me, I thought they were gonna say, hi, we've made a mistake. If you could just slip out the fire exit. And to try and avoid that encounter, I spoke to as few people as possible. I sat at the last table in the darkest corner of the room, and I said to the woman next to me, I feel like we're in one of those big holding rooms they have on the X Factor because I was genuinely concerned I would not have a good enough sob story to get through to the judges' houses. (laughs) Then, as we were greeted as the London finalists, I had a moment of realisation. I was not being addressed as one of the underrepresented, or one of the lucky ones. I was sat at that table because I was being offered a seat at the table. I was there because Penguin Random House thought that I had a voice that others might want to hear. And it wasn't just lip service. The scheme actively encourages mentees to build their careers. They introduced us to agents, gave us opportunities to speak to the press. We've all been supported to develop not only our books, but ourselves as writers. And as a result, I have been made to believe I have a right to be in this industry. When you know you have the right to be somewhere, You aren't afraid to share your opinions. You build genuine connections. I have made so many relationships throughout this process, and one of the most significant ones is those that I have made with the diverse array of writers I have met. It's a truth that there is strength in numbers, and from everyone I have encountered since I pressed send on the first chapter of my novel, I have gained strength. Because of the Right Now process, hundreds of writers understand they have something to say. And they believe that their voice can be heard. It's time for us to get our feet under the table. Thank you. And now, it is my great pleasure to introduce another powerful new voice, Jay Bernard. Jay will perform an extract from their forthcoming collection, Surge, which is a queer exploration of the Black British archives, beginning with the New Cross Fire in 1981, when 13 children died, and ending with Grenfell in 2017. This piece, written in the West Indian dub tradition, Narrates that evening of January 18th, 1981.
2: Mister, uh, Mister, uh, Mister, uh, two step forward and a two step back, Mister, uh, three step forward and a six step back, Mister, uh, four step forward and a one step back, Mister, uh, one half forward and a one half back. We set a left side forward and me right side back both up left side, right side Half a change time Miss a half the revolution the pan the attack Only half a solution to the things that me like We set. girl gal love reggae and gal love move Boy love reggae and them love up him groove The two of them are rubber pants starting to move Crowd gone quiet people stop me food And I'm watching them see watch this wicked MC This beautiful gal all dressed up in green Nails done nice, hair crisp, Voya mim. The baddest little girl you them ever did see yeah, me set a two step, forward and a two step, but me say a three step, forward and a six step, but me set a four step, forward and a one step, but me say a one half, forward and a one half, but me say the heat of the night, I come up through the floor. Black smoke arise, or them never did know. The music a jam and the young man a chat. Word fly from him lit like vampire, but and the girl I make y'all them a dance and the man them a rock. Drink six from my blood and the beat them a drop. Darkness descend and the room gone black. Voices are called set them half it ghetto. Miss voices are called set them half they screaming begin and the people I show. Miss screaming begin and the people I show. Them I cover them head and I cover them up, a two-step, forward and a two-step, but miss a three-step forward and a six-step. But missa a four-step forward and a one-half. But missa a one half forward and a one-half back. Don't punish the street you see buddy face, don't pick me Fly through the air and mush up upon the ground. Flames in my fly and a furious way. Boy, fall from the window and you know set him dead. Girl, fall back inside, we no see her no more. No bright green dress up on the third floor. Policeman come and fireman too. Them startled, them scared, and I know I Mother, she a cry and she no have no shoes. Band them a look but to help them refuse. Friend them shocked by the scare that they lost. Black smoke a at the house in the cross. Miss a black smoke a at the house in the cross. Miss a black smoke a at the house in the cross. Miss a cross. Me say blood a go run for the pain that they lost. Miss a black smoke a at the house in the cross. Miss a left side forward and a right side back. Boss up left side, right side half the change to Miss a half the revolution, they pan me the at Only half a solution to the things that me like. Me set a two-step forward and a two-step back. Me set a three-step forward and a six-step back. Me a four-step forward and a one-step back. Me set a one-half forward and a one-half back. One
0: one back. You're listening to Penguin live at the London Palladium, showcasing some of the wonderful, diverse voices from across the Penguin Random House group. Here's our compere. Emily this.: Well, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing sides and voices within Penguin that I simply never knew existed. And that next one is from a new novelist. A warm, palladium welcome we're now going to give to the never-greener author, Ruth Jones. Ruth has written Nevergreener, which was a book I just loved. It's about second chances, it's sexy, it's about whether you should take them. It's full of sort of human mistake, if I'm
3: allowed to say that. Mm. What was it for you? Um, Yeah, a lot of fallibility, I think. Mm. I like to uh, create characters that show us our fallibility. I think it's quite interesting, and I think none of us is perfect, and... We're in danger of thinking that everybody has a perfect relationship and, of course, there's all this stuff going on underneath the surface. A bit like when you think everybody else is having a perfect Christmas day and they're not, really.
0: And there is something, when you're reading it, you sort of think, "I I can sort of see where this is about to go wrong. But a little bit of you thinks, maybe second time round, it's all about whether you go back to take that chance that you might have thought you missed, does not it? Yeah,
3: I mean, for those of you who haven't read it, um, how dare you? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You'll
0: all be sent home at the (laughs) interval. Uh,
3: uh, Kate has an affair when she's 22 with Callum. It ends in heartbreak, and then 17 years later, she meets him again. And probably in real life, what would happen is they'd go oh, heck, we had a bit of a thing, didn't we? Uh, nice to see you again. Bye! And go. But they don't do that, because then there wouldn't be a story. So um, it's all about what happens when you, you make the wrong decision, mm. I guess. Mm. Yeah.
0: And, y- I mean, you are no stranger, obviously, to script writing, to the art of writing,
3: but to go into fiction, did that
0: feel like it took a whole new roof? Uh,
3: yes, it did, because originally, Nevergreener was a screenplay um, that didn't really go anywhere, and then I rediscovered it sort of, 14, 15 years later. And what was great in the exercise of turning it into fiction Mm. and prose was that I found suddenly that I didn't have the the boundaries that I have, that you have obviously with a screenplay, you've got timing issues and that kind of thing. Um, so it was great to be able to have freedom to go where I wanted to with the, with the story and also to uh, go inside characters' heads. That mm. was, that was the, the, the brilliant thing for me with writing prose fiction, was just to be able to go inside the heads mm. of these characters and wonder what they're, what they're thinking. One of them, Kate,
0: um, is an actress who you don't hold back about. You you have sympathy, but she's clearly a bit of a diva. Mm. I wonder if that's all your sort of inner frustrations <laughs> coming out, but in your own characters. Well, that- I
3: think that the world of, uh, of of TV and film is uh, it's rich pickings for um, for for egos, as is the case probably in any creative arena. Um, and uh, so I said that very delicately then, didn't I? <laughs> <you>? um, <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, and obviously it's a world that I, that I know about, mm. but I hasten to add it's not based on anybody in reality, and it comes <laughs> totally from my imagination.
0: So if I then yes. said to you, come on, it started as a, as a scream, as mm. a play, yeah, as a film, could you imagine it as a film? Who would you be casting?
3: Well, I... I'm not sure if it would transfer onto... screen, even though it started as a screenplay, because you've got these tif- different time zones. You'd have to get an actor that could play... Either get the same actor that could play somebody when they were in their 20s and then nearly 40, or you have two different actors playing it, which has its own difficulties. I'm not sure who would be cast, but I tell you what, if it does get put on screen, I want to play Belinda. All right, I'm just putting that out there now. Uh, I'd like to play Belinda, who is Welsh. So that's quite handy. <laughs> And she is great, isn't she? She's the sort of the stalwart character who comes through. Or Did you yes. feel a bit of you in that? Or? Um, no, if, if, if there's any character in the book that it has me in it it's in her it's uh, hetty actually mm. because i was hetty at warwick in 1985 i was the best friend yes exactly uh, i did wear a dirndl skirt and green <laughs> eyeliner and cowboy boots and uh, and a bad perm so that was probably me but uh, but belinda i think is is she's she is a her- the heroine in the book for me mm. because she does she doesn't uh for, she doesn't forget uh, forgive but she doesn't forget, but she does forgive. And, yeah. she, and I think that's great. And I think it would have, I would have made the wrong decision to make it a bit of a happy ever after. Um,
0: is it important to you that she's Welsh? Is that... I mean, that was clearly a sort of a decision. Is there a strong Welsh influence in your writing with her?
3: Well, I think, because, of obviously, with Gavin and Stacey and with Stella, that both of those shows are set in Wales. And I, I do love writing dialogue that's welsh um welsh accent well, the here. musicality yeah it, the or... musicality and also the melodrama we as a nation we're brilliant at being melodramatic and passionate and <laughs> um and and also a down-to-earthness and that's mm. those are the the characteristics i like in belinda really so i think that it would have been a shame not to have a, a, a welsh character in there just to be able to utilize all of those thoughts
0: and ruth would you call this a tale with a moral were you conscious of trying not to moralise about it? Or do you think that you were sort of leading people in a certain way
3: of what you should and what you shouldn't? It's called Never Greener mainly because, I guess, the the underlying thrust, and there's a lot of thrusting in it, I have to say, (laughs) but the underlying moral thrust is that it's um, the grass is never greener on the other side. And so... Mm it's, you know, you presented with Kate who was unhappy with her lot and was seeking happiness outside of herself. And I think that's perhaps something that we tend to do. I know I've done it. Sometimes I've sought happiness in a cake, for example. (laughs) Um, So I think it was just basically looking at uh, how sometimes it's better to look at what we've got in the here and now and that the grass is never greener on the other side. It's just a different patch of it.
0: I don't know if you like comparisons. I mean, people have talked about One Day uh, yeah. as a comparison. Is it helpful um, for an author to be compared to a very, very successful bestseller? <laughs> but do you like...
3: Does that help you? Or do you sort of think, treat it in its own way? Well, it's funny because I, I, I saw the film of One Day many years ago, but I didn't, didn't read the book. And then a couple of people had said to me, oh, there's a similarity. And I thought, oh, heck. And I found it. My stepdaughter had it on the bookshelf. So... I did dip in and, um, and I thought, oh, yeah, there are similarities with the, the, the time passing, mm. Edinburgh, um, all of those kind of things. The, the frankness, actually, of the yeah. conversation as well. Yes, I think. yes, that's true. But um, I hadn't read and I'm glad I didn't read it because then maybe it would have somehow influenced yeah. me. But it's a huge compliment to be compared with Mike Nichols. Gosh. <laughs>
0: well, Ruth, it's been a real pleasure to talk Thank to you. you. Thank you. Thank so, you much. so much. Thank and congratulations will Never do that. Before.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much
0: now our next guest is a producer a remixer a performer who's mixed hundreds of hours of audio and music for compilations radio and the web across some 25 years as a dj he's played a key role in the development of the ninja tune music label and has performed everywhere from nightclubs to the london planetarium We thought we'd see what happened, bear with us, when we let him loose on the Penguin Random House audio catalogue of five and a half thousand audiobooks. So, fingers crossed, here goes DJ Food. (laughs) There's an intro here. That they want read. I don't know why. It's fucking
2: pointless. Uh, but you know what these publishing companies are like? Don't get fancy, okay? Penguin Random House Audio presents... In the beginning was the word, and then my book. You need to say it so sort of smoothly,
0: just audiobooks. But
2: Randy House Audiobooks, the division of the Penguin Randy
0: House group. That would be Random House. Uh,
2: sorry, a sound such as he had never heard before. Guys, you've got to come and listen to this. Can you tell me a story? You love the sound of your voice, don't you? Hear this. The listening monks of the Tops have trained their hearing until they can
0: tell the value of a playing card by listening to it.
2: and have made it their
0: task to listen intently to the subtle sounds of the universe, to piece
2: together... The first we can connect a limited number of sounds and signs to produce an infinite number of sentences, each
0: with a distinct meaning. And if they're said with the right passion, the universe will sometimes reform itself around words. Can I have a story? Yes. Oh, i got more tunes for you. The 49-year-old DJ on the deck drops heavy beats and psychedelic lights He knew the music, I knew the words, but I could barely recognize it as
3: music. It had no time signature that I could hear. If you listen very, very carefully, turn off all extraneous sound sources, you can hear it. Listen
2: as you would to music or any sound to the volume, the tone, the notes, the quality, and the silences between
3: the notes. Leon hears one voice, clear and sweet over all the others.
2: and jazz chickens so we are at the end of the book now it is time I'm told to wrap things up draw some conclusions and say goodbye bye bye okay that's it we'll be back again next year hopefully pending sale reports and
0: I guess nuclear war see you then goodbye